33-year-old Trump supporter Douglas Mackey has discovered that, well, trying to spread just a meme will land you in prison for up to 10 years. Many saying that this is one of the, of the latest things that show just how bad this country is, this banana republic, that they're going after anyone out there that even does something like this. Now, he was convicted of election interference and faces up to 10 years in prison, all because of a meme that he tweeted out during the 2016 election. Earlier this afternoon, Donald Trump was arraigned on a New York Supreme Court indictment returned by a Manhattan grand jury on 34 felony counts of falsifying business records in the first degree. Under New York state law, it is a felony to falsify business records with intent to defraud and an intent to conceal another crime. And now this massive election interference at a scale never seen before in our country, beginning with the radical left, George Soros-backed prosecutor Alvin Bragg of New York, who campaigned on the fact that he would get President Trump. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. This is a guy campaigning. He want to get President Trump at any cost, and this before he knew anything about me, didn't know a thing about me. He was campaigning. As it turns out, virtually everybody that has looked at this case, including rhinos and even hardcore Democrats, say there is no crime and that it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. Everybody. This is not what so many people want to make it look like, oh, it's Michael Cohen's vengeance against Donald Trump. That's not what this is about. This is solely about accountability. I should not be held accountable for Donald Trump's dirty deeds. We have the banking crisis. They say it's fine. It's just beginning. We, um, yesterday, we had the Saudis and uh, Brazil and um, uh, China enter a deal to where the petrodollar is over. Brazil and China are going to uh, trade in their own currency. That's the beginning of the end of our currency. That means a dollar collapse. That yes. means we become Venezuela. We will have war with China. We will have war with Russia and Iran. Describing their talks, Putin said, we are in favor of using the Chinese yuan for settlements between Russia and the countries of Asia, Africa, and Latin America. So, the world's second largest economy and its largest energy exporter are together actively trying to dent the dollar's dominance as the anchor of the international financial system. The petrodollar system was established in the early 1970s when the United States made a deal with Saudi Arabia to price oil in U.S. dollars. This agreement made it necessary for other countries to hold large amounts of U.S. dollars in order to purchase oil from OPEC countries, which then, of course, helped support the demand for the dollar. And it made the world's dominant currency. It let America browbeat the rest of the world. It let America go into massive debt because there would always be another country around to buy up the U.S. debt. Welcome to Burn Babylon Burn. This is not a news show. It's an opinion show. We encourage you to do your own research. We do not give financial, legal, medical, or any kind of advice. Now enjoy the show. Things happened. Your 
you're in a different country, so you don't, this doesn't affect you in the same way, but it will have an effect around the world. But the uh, petrol dollar is going to go away. And that uh, uh, United States hegemony over money is really, it's going to change the world and it's going to make things a lot worse in the United States. Yes. Yeah, no, I totally agree. No, I, I, I do know about the Petrodor. I think there's something interesting about it recently, which I didn't know. If you go to Wikipedia and you search for Petrodollar, it hasn't got a page for it. It's got a page for something like Petrodollar Recycling, but it doesn't explain what the Petrodollar is. So that's that's kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, as you say, it's it's very important. Um, you know, I don't know if we need to explain to our listeners what the basis of it was. It's basically an agreement between Saudi Arabia and America, wasn't it? When when the US came off the gold standard, they they needed another excuse. To, for the dollar to be the reserve currency. So they made this agreement with Saudi Arabia that Saudi Saudi were going to sell their oil in dollars in return for kind of like military protection from the US arm, armed forces. And that's the main reason why the dollar's been the reserve currency. It was, this was uh, in the 70s. So ever since then, the dollar's been the world reserve currency. And as you say, that's changing now because Saudi Arabia are saying they're going to accept up other currencies. A lot of other countries are doing the same and then we've got these BRICS nations seemingly coming together to make their own currency which rumor has it might be gold-backed or some sort of commodity-backed currency so it's more like a real currency where you know whereas all the, the other currencies in the west are sort of like pretend currencies really like play money because you print as much as you want <laughs> I, I think that the powers that shouldn't be think that the petrol's going away. That seems to be their plan, yeah. I don't actually think it's a it's a very viable plan because, you know, um one of the things the EU wanted to do was they uh, the European Union, they wanted to make all cars electric by I think it was twenty thirty five. Now, like the US, the European electrical grid hasn't got the capacity for every car to be, um, you know, electrical. So probably part of their plan was they wanted to restrict cars to the elite and stop us plebs driving around in all the places they want to have to themselves. Uh, But they have actually backed off from that now. They said, we're not going to do that anymore. They're going to allow a certain form of combustion engine, but not, I think they said they were going to make it run off synthetic fuel rather than petroleum-based fuel. I don't know how that's going to work. It sounds like a crazy idea. But anyway, so they're, they're kind of backing away from it a bit because they realize it's totally unfeasible. Yeah, this is this is not going to work. It's going to blow up in their face. Um, the battery-powered cars, battery-powered vehicles is, is just not the thing that, that's going to push us forward. Um, that uh lng might um but it's going to take a lot to convert everything to that uh and plus you're still dealing with the same things um these these people i i don't i don't think that they planned correctly or that you know like you said they don't they don't care about us being able to drive they they only care about them being able to get to the places they want. That's why they're putting these 15-minute concentration camps up yeah, in yeah. Uh, various places. Yeah. And, and, and that's the model. They want they want this to happen everywhere. They want every community to be 15 minutes. And, um, and then 15 minutes by car becomes 15 minutes by bike becomes 15 minutes by walking. So uh, the, the walls really close in on people whenever whenever this happens yeah i i, I totally think they don't they don't really want this traveling around at all they, they seem seemingly they're trying to do the same thing with uh flights as well and and part of this great reset plan i, don't, I can't remember if it's actually a wef document but they were talking about for example in britain they would only have two airports you know one in scotland and one in london uh, and every, you know, we've got loads more, obviously, in all the major cities, but they would close all those down in the name of saving carbon, amongst other things. So 
the whole thing about the car, as you probably know, the whole thing about the carbon thing is part of that, you know, restricting us in what we what we can do. But they'll still be flying around in their private jets, of course. So, yeah, the, the, it's the most ridiculous thing to to say that this one element is the cause of all of the problems, and uh, and it happens to be one of the most important elements that we deal with. And uh, and so many people are bought into the scam. I, I wish that people would be uh, to reprogram people. Carbon is not a problem. There is nothing wrong with carbon, and there's nothing that they could feasibly do to get rid of it. You don't want to get rid of it, by the way. Yeah, uh, it, it's it's really bad science. I'm I'm a sort of sciencey person myself, trained as a mathematician, and uh, it was one of the early things I looked into where I thought, you know, I wonder if this is really what they, they say it is. Because you remember there were all those email leaks from the UK university showing that they were doing a lot of kind of mafia-style tactics on scientists that didn't agree with them. And then I looked into the science a bit more, and it's just, it really is for shit. It's really bad quality. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's um, science for the toilet, really. And, uh, you know, the one, the one thing you could say about it, it hasn't really got very good predictive value because, you know, they're predicting global temperatures going up and up and up. And that that just hasn't happened. So that, that which is why, of course, they call it climate change now. So we've got all bases covered. So with the with that, they're going to very likely start rolling out. I mean, they've already got the uh, the uh, Fed coin coming out, and yeah. I I don't think they really even have to do anything. That that's been my theory for a little while. Is that that it's not like oh we must resist the uh, the Fed coin and and not use government crypto that kind of thing. No, you're not going to get a choice. It's going to your U.S. dollars. Um, well, you probably don't have very many U.S. dollars being where you are, but the U.S. dollar will turn overnight into this Fed coin, and whatever's in your bank accounts, whatever's in your bank account, your your cash will be interchangeable with it. It might as well be the same thing until they eventually get rid of cash. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we use euros here, of course, and a lot of people say that the euro will probably collapse first because it's even more of a fake currency than the, than the dollar is. Because, uh, you know, they've tried to impose the same currency on all these different countries with different laws and different economies. You know, it's, it's, it was flawed from the start, really. So, uh, so they might be replacing that with the, with the, the digi-euro uh, first. But do, do you so think... Um, the do you think that's going to work? Because I, I'm sceptical that they'll get that to work either, because I think COVID was all about bringing that in. And I don't think it's quite worked out the way they wanted. I, I don't think it's worked out the way they wanted it to. But uh, as, uh, James Evan Pilato always says that, you know, hey, the, everybody's getting a cold. It's time to change the money is basically what <laughs> happened over the last couple of years. Um <laughs> And yeah, so that's that's the scam. They they want us to get on to this new money. Um, and, and basically, what what it is is that it's it's a designed system to to rob us, the regular people, while Absolutely. the the fancy people probably don't have any sort of problem with it. It's you know, it's not that you will own nothing and you will be happy. It's we'll take everything from you, and you better not say anything about it. Yeah. Yeah, because they'll have total, you know, the digital currency, they'll have total control over what you spend the money on and how much money you get. So they can turn it off whenever they want. I don't think normies quite, you know, appreciate that because they'll probably just be sold on the convenience of it. Hey, look, you don't have to take money around with you anymore. It'd be great. Oh, yeah, I'll sign up for that. Well, um, most of us are already doing that anyway. Um, I mean, it. Sometimes my job puts me in places where I don't want a wallet full of cash. Uh, and, of you know, I, I do what I consider one of the most normal jobs there is, is driving a truck. And, you know, and a lot of these industrial parks are in industrial areas. And there's sometimes crime related to those areas. And just walking from where the truck can be parked to, uh, to a store in the area can get you in trouble. So... Mm -hmm you know, like there, there is, there is that. And then, then there's also 
the crime on the rise. I mean, uh, you know, uh, there there's so much crime happening everywhere, and and it's only going to get worse as as the money continues to be tampered with. Yeah, 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 quite right. Yeah. So, uh, do you have to drive to some of these uh, dangerous cities like Chicago and? Uh... Yeah, even my my hometown of Houston, the, where they they put me, is places that I never used to go to. Whenever I was living there as a regular person, I would not go around there, and uh, and then they put you right there to make your delivery. So, yeah. um, it, it's always the the industrial areas can be pretty sketchy, and 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 the thing is, you know, it's like you you can shut off your your card. So if somebody steals your cards, then you can shut them off within a reasonable amount of time, and they won't be able to take too much from you unless they really know what they're doing. Yeah, but yeah. if they take your cash, they got it, and it's gone. Yeah. Um, and that that's one of the reasons why it's so convenient. And uh, But also a, a, one of the reasons we should be using cash as much as possible is it keeps cash around. We, you know, If we don't use it, it's going to go away. Yeah, the, the currency thing is very tricky, isn't it? Because, um, uh, you know, you want the convenience of something. You don't want to carry, like, you know, loads of gold bars around with you to pay for things or silver coins or whatever. Um, so the convenience thing is definitely a, a big selling point. That, I think that will be a big um, way they will try and get the, they will manage to get CBDCs adopted widely because just for the convenience thing, really, and the security, like you say. We try to use cash because we, we listen to Catherine Austin Fitz from time to time. And she's very keen on uh, She has a thing called Cash Friday, where you're supposed to use cash all day Friday at least. So uh, and also we, you know, we, um, we've ended up with quite a lot of money in the bank from uh, we I was explaining to you before we started that our house has been damaged by the volcano. So we've had a big insurance claim and we've got money from that in the bank. And we don't really think it's safe there with the coming financial crisis. You know, where they might, if we're going to have another bail-in, they could uh, give us all a haircut and steal our money. So we're trying to empty the accounts into cash as much as possible. Yeah, uh, yeah, I listened to uh, Catherine Austin Fitz on, on occasion as well, and and I think she's. She's great, and and I I love the idea of Cash Fridays. By the way, Happy Cash Friday. Uh, oh, yeah, I, Happy Cash Friday. I think that it's a uh, yeah. I think it's a good cause. Um, and and yeah, I I hope that people pick on to that and listen to what she says. I mean, she she knows what she's talking about. Um, I think she smart, would have yeah. a lot of really interesting perspectives coming up on on what's happened with the petrol dollar but this this is one of those things it's it's yet another thing that's been telegraphed for a very long time um so we we all knew this was happening before it happened so whenever it happened it wasn't a big shock it's oh okay well yeah uh the united states has not been doing very well being the uh the steward of the petrol dollar <laughs> um in fact the united states has done nothing but uh, abuse this privilege and and uh, and utilize it in order to uh, in order to create this empire that is now. Uh, I mean, this this empire is now just dead set on on spreading homosexuality around the world. That's basically what what it's good for at the moment. Well, that's that's that seems to be the uh, the yeah, the way. Normally, we used to they used to spread civilization around the world with empires, didn't they? Like with the Romans, but now they just debauched behavior. Right. It, it's uh, somebody made the point. Um, I think it might have been Aaron McIntyre just the other day was making the point about the guy who uh, peeled peeling out over the uh, the rainbow flag, and they said, "Well, that's because that's the real flag. That's their flag." It's not the United States flag. You can do anything you want to a United States flag, but you deface the uh, the rainbow flag, then you know that you're really messing with the American Empire at that point. Sorry, you cut out there. Did you say he was he was like arrested for 
uh, defacing the rainbow flag. Uh, there was a rainbow flag painted in a an intersection, and this guy just came up with his truck and just started peeling out and all over it. Um, and oh, right. and the city fined him a thousand dollars for it. This is getting ridiculous. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, we talk upon the, um, uh, we have our own group, you know, about the unknowns. Uh, so we have our own little podcast going. But and, um, one of the things we talk about a lot is that we really hate the fact that they've taken their rainbow, you know. So every time you see a rainbow, you think, oh man, they're promoting LGBTQ stuff. But it might be, you know, kids used to paint rainbows quite innocently. Kids love them. And, and uh, one of our uh, podcasters, just, uh, Ibn Kant, which says, you know, that is why they're doing it, because kids like rainbows and they want to sort of follow up to that. It's uh, the way they ruin everything is just, you know, really hats me off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, in fact, it's uh, it's also a symbol of, of the promise uh, made by God that he won't flood the world again. And so they're they're taking this and and trying to give them another excuse to flood the world. <laughs> yeah, we, it does seem to be coming to like a, at least a you know maybe the end of civilization, but at least an end of empire time, doesn't it really? So that's why I think there's going to be some collapse coming, and maybe something good will come out of it. But it means there'll be some rough yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the. Yep, and, and it it's weird because we grew up in luxury, um, and and it, as things fall apart, it's going back and and understanding how to actually do things. It's really good for us, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say so. I mean, you know, the 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 West seems to be such a corrupt place now. And what they did with the COVID vac, you know, jabs, I shouldn't call them vaccines, is just like the the ultimate step and showing how much they hold us in contempt and how much they want to try and kill us, basically, or at least make us really ill. Um, I don't think uh, any civilization that does that to its people has got a, a great future ahead. So the funny thing about all of the things that are, going on is that that we're not allowed to say anything about the the mess that they're they're putting us through and in fact uh someone's going to jail a guy is getting thrown in jail for for making a meme he, he faces up to 10 years he made a meme that they they say could have led to uh led to people thinking that they could text their vote I don't think anybody's that ignorant, and if they are, I probably don't want them voting anyway. Yeah, I mean, just when you think things can't get more ridiculous, they do. <laughs> uh, that really is the ultimate in clamping down on free speech, isn't it? If you're going to just say jokes, you know, you made a joke that people could take seriously, and they might do something bad, so, you know, we're going to put you in jail. It, it's just nuts. His joke was something about texting votes out. then, about, you know, he was saying that, this is a man, right? He was, he was saying that you could text text your vote in. And they called it election interference, right? Yeah, that was that was what it was. It was, yeah, that he's interfering with an election because he, he joked that you could uh, text your vote. I mean, people do this kind of stuff all the time. And, and this is terrifying because I've spread some memes and I've said some things on my show that uh the the powers that be don't like so uh so we really here at this part of point in the in the banana republican of the world i i call it a chocolate chip ice cream republic good i like that <laughs> yeah because you don't have many bananas right so there you go <laughs> oh it's because um, uh joe is always eating the uh the chocolate chip ice cream made by jenny's which is twenty dollars a pint that's uh that he came down to talk about the school shooting right and then he started talking about how he only came down because there was chocolate chip ice cream available 
<laughs> yeah, he's got a, a Nancy Pelosi sized freezer full. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, I do. Um, I shouldn't really, but I do quite enjoy the the videos of, and clips of Biden, you know, making gaff after gaff. His latest thing was he went to that town that um, was flattened by a tornado, which I think it was called Rolling Fork, and he calling it Rolling Stone. Uh, and he said, yeah, I'm here in Rolling Stone and we're going to rebuild Rolling Stone. And someone in the, uh, who was there eventually had to shout out, Rolling Fork! <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, this, this... Clown World doesn't quite do it, does it? I mean, it's it's a world beyond parody. There's nothing that seems to be beyond what they're willing to do. You know, put up a completely brain-dead uh, senile old old buffer as the president and everyone thinks that's fine yeah that's fine it's good old joe well i i think in a lot of ways we get what we deserve and uh and that kind of plays into uh, the next part where we're going to talk about yeah we deserve so many ways and uh and it's a shame, really, because I, I, I would like to think we deserve better. I want to deserve better, but we need everybody to deserve better. And that's the part where everybody's not doing so. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, they, they say like in revolutions, you, you don't need actually that many people who are on the side of the, the revolutionaries, you know, like in the American Revolution, for example, there's a minority who are actually out there fighting and doing stuff. So you probably need a, you know, I don't know, twenty percent, thirty percent. So maybe not that far off, you know, numbers of people who are not really going along with it. There's certainly more and more people not going along with it. And judging by how many people are getting the COVID booster, you know, hardly anyone. Right. It, it's a really weird thing. the The way that that things are designed at this point, that there's so many simultaneous revolutions that uh in order to be a part of one of them you also in order to be revolutionary you have to be reactionary on the opposing revolutions and yeah. it, it's a really weird uh it, like they just took all of all of the uh political science that they built over the last hundred years and scrambled it all up and threw everything at us at once yeah well, they, they certainly captured a lot of the institutions, haven't they? And uh, like universities, and, and and that was kind of you know you could go back to the sort of Marxist Austrian school stuff. That was always going to be their plan. That was the way they thought they could. And also, there's the the sort of uh, UN Agenda 2030 thing where they they talked about you know capturing cities at a local level, like capturing mayors and you know local government to sort of bypass national governments. And they seem to be doing that quite successfully in a lot of places as well. Like how Klaus penetrates the cabinets, yeah, yeah. where he's penetrated cabinets throughout the uh, the world. And and yeah, you're right. All these inter institutions, I, I don't think there's any that haven't been captured. There, yeah. it, it seems every institution is is serving the, uh, the empire and, uh, and yeah, to to get out of this, it's it's gonna be kind of hard. And in some ways, in some ways, I want the bricks to put a dent in them, but we're in a really weird position because because their success is uh, means that a lot of bad things happen here uh, it, and other Western places. That that means that if the bricks are successful, then that means Western places are suffering, and and a lot of it is brought on to us by the, the the people that run us. So it's like okay, they're running us, and they're the ones that are causing the food shortages. But then they've got this enemy to blame. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a difficult one. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we will have to go through a lot of hardship. You know, for and but. You know the the regimes in the West are so corrupt now. I think they they've got to go really in one way or another. And it's hard to see us voting our way out of this problem because you know they've. Well, I, I think the, what the US shows is that they've they've captured the elections as well, so they can they can get everyone in voted in that they want really. 
Well, I, I, I think that it's always been that way. It's just uh, they had. So they they did they thought that they only had to counteract Trump so much in 2016, apparently, and 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 didn't successfully do it. Either that or he's in on it and part of their plan as well, because uh, you probably couldn't have ever gotten someone to say, oh, yeah, we're going to print up six trillion dollars. Um, no one would have been able to successfully do that. But Trump and that that was the. Uh, that that really was the salvo that that made everything start to collapse the way that it is. Yeah, maybe I can't quite decide on Trump. I must say whether he's in on it or not, um, because certainly a lot of the anti-Trump sentiment and the fact that they they you know tried so desperately hard with all this election fraud to not get him re-elected makes me think that he's not completely controlled like some of you know some of the other politicians are. But I, I don't really know. I find him a bit hard to read, really. Well, I mean, I think basically he's mostly interested in himself. Sorry, you cut out there again. <laughs> and uh, did you, what were you saying? Yeah, it seems that, that yeah, he is only interested in himself, but at the same time, a lot of people believe in him and a lot of people think that, that he's pushing the right things. Um, I think that he's useful for one thing and that, that, and the main thing is that he makes all of the people that I can't stand go crazy. And, um, and that's pretty good but with this, this, uh, this trial, this arrest, whatever the, the 34 counts that are thrown at him. Uh, basically, uh, somebody was explaining that it's, it's um, three counts multiplied by 11. Um, is that right? And that's, yeah, yeah, that the, there's really, that it's not really 34 counts. It's just, you know, it's just three and they just copy paste copy pasta yeah. <laughs> over and over again, the same ones you know most people think i uh, don't that, think they're gonna get him but yeah i don't most people think if there's any sort I, of fairness in the trial that, that it will get thrown in because there's no real standing in the case there's not standing the wrong word but there's no real basis to the case he was already it was kind of thrown out of federal level already wasn't it and then the indictment of this one says, oh, you know, he's committing a crime to cover up another crime, which is what they're trying to get in. But they don't name what the other crime is. So that's very nebulous. So most legal experts, even on the ones who don't like Trump, seem to think that, you know, it's really not much of a case at all. Well, it's got it's got attention to it. And that that's the main thing is is so he's getting attention out of it um it it helps everybody involved in this scenario D did you listen to uh brad recently talking about this that uh no. trump's in a position where his opponents have to defend him so whenever trump is in the primaries his opponents have to defend him in this situation and if not yes. it's going to make them look bad they're, they're in a really weird weird kind of scenario and uh and so he he's won out of this and he he does that a lot he wins for losing a lot and you know i i'm not i'm not into thinking that he's some sort of 3d chess master i think that that's ridiculous um i i think that it's it's pretty simple with him is that that he's a very you know he's a very me first kind of guy and he likes to he likes to think that he's he knows how to to play a uh, play himself he knows how to play himself better than him. there's no one like him there's that there's that for sure he's not you know he's one of a kind and that's a good thing 
because <laughs> I don't think we could share space with with two of them around. <laughs> it certainly made for interesting times, and he, I, I did find him very entertaining. Actually, he was uh, he, he's he's very witty, and his his put downs are fantastic. My favourite Trump moment, I think, was when he went to he went to the NATO conference in Europe somewhere. And, you know, they have a bit uh, at the start for the press where they're all sitting around the table and normally they, you know, the president will say something like, it's great to be here. We're talking about really important future for NATO and blah, blah, blah. But he said, uh, he said, well, what I want to talk about is why we even have NATO anymore. You know, we were supposed to fight the Soviet Union and the Soviet Union was long gone. Why are we still paying all this money to NATO <laughs> and all the other NATO functionaries sitting around the table were looking quite horrified at this. So, uh, I like the fact that he, he would just go off on his own thing, you know, not really caring about what he was saying and, and cause all this chaos. So, uh, I mean, what he said was absolutely true. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what I thought about NATO for a long time. Why have we still got NATO? We we're supposed to fight the Soviet Union. We don't have it anymore. You know, let's get rid of it. I completely agree with him on that sentiment and a lot of his, his anti-war stuff. And, uh, and if he, I don't think he's necessarily anti-war. I mean, he, he definitely supports every single thing that, that his masters in the place where he goes and kisses the wall want him to do. Yeah. But, um, but he, uh, he is more anti-war than, than most of them that we've had. And yeah. I don't. I don't think the presidents really decide that. No, I don't and, think so. Uh, and I think that they proved that yeah. under him because he he was talking about uh about getting out of a place and they they lied to him and said that they were getting out of there and they they ended up increasing the amount instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you. I don't think the president makes many of those sort of decisions and. Ever since you know at least JFK when you know, he clearly wasn't told about the Bay of Pigs invasion. He didn't know anything about it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, they're just, they're mainly figureheads, aren't they, really? Some more than others. I mean, I can't imagine Joe Biden getting involved in any, any decision-making at all, really. Jill, possibly, but not Joe. Uh, but Trump, I think, would probably want to sort of try and do some things, and he probably got blocked a lot of the time. I find it hard to forgive him about the vaccine yeah, thing I, because he, under, he, he tied his colours to the mast on the vaccine thing, didn't he? And said, you know, this is my warp speed vaccine. And and he, he's just not going to back down from yeah, that. He's he not going to admit he was wrong. He's he's not very good at admitting he's wrong. I don't think he's ever done it. Um, and and I think when it, when he does, if he ever does, I think it'll be a really big, significant thing if it ever happens. Just because, just because of that, as far as character goes, um, I, I wonder how he is off camera. I really wonder that, and uh, and what, yeah, what kind of guy is he off camera? I mean, uh, nobody's ever seen it. Nobody that I know of, at least. I heard a podcaster. Who was it now? It was uh, some well-known kind of right personal you know one of our our guys from the alternative media can't remember who it was but he was in he's a new yorker and he, he sort of came across trump's dealings quite a lot and he said he was a bit of a sort of like a a mobster type you know sort of um so he fit you know and of course if you're doing business dealings in new york like building work you have to get involved with the mob because you know they've got their fingers in all those sort of pies so and he said you know he kind of fitted right in so he was a sort of a dodgy wheeler dealer but not really i don't think he was into some of this satanic stuff that some of the some of the other politicians are into yeah yeah uh yeah i haven't picked up on any of that i i haven't seen him using the symbology or any of the stuff and i haven't i i haven't seen him try to uh get close to people that that are known people that are into that you know no. uh like he, he he's down with the podestas you know yeah exactly and uh um with a guy who was invest investigating epstein 
uh, famously said, uh, I can't remember if an FBI guy or, but he famously said that Trump was the only guy who was prepared to, seemingly prepared to cooperate, you know, whereas all the others was kind of, you know, not really prepared to say very much. So I, I don't think he was involved in that at all, actually. Monica Perez, who, you know, um, uh, from the propaganda report, who basically the union and the unknowns all got together because of her. Uh, she says she, she kind of is a New Yorker as well, and she knows a bit about him. She says he's too much of a germaphobe to do a lot of these things that people were claiming about him. <laughs> so <laughs> I can I can believe that. Well, P is sterile. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem to fit with his personality. I can't imagine, you know. Interesting enough, that's the with the Stormy Daniels thing. He just received another hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Did you see that from his? Because he had a did he have a libel case against her or something that you know he won? She had to pay five hundred thousand dollars to him, and they've just ruled that he's going to get another hundred twenty thousand dollars. So all this while that New York case is going on, it's not an interesting timing. Well, it, that's the interesting thing about this is that uh, no matter what she loses out of this, she's gained so much out of this. Yeah. Uh, and and you know she was she was paid to keep quiet. She obviously didn't keep quiet, but she became rich off of not being quiet about it. Yeah. And so, no, he's not going to be able to uh, to get everything that she got out of it out of her. So she she comes out a winner. He comes out a winner because it, you know, like like Brad was saying that his opponents uh, have to take his side in this. Um, it, it, one thing that that people need to uh, take note of is that that regardless of if this is unfair persecution or whatever, uh, he did cheat on his wife, and that's yeah. not that's not something that that we need to be taking in stride. It's like okay, cool. Well, you know, like Clinton did it, of course, but. We, we we don't need people like that running things. People that yeah. they can't even keep the promise. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think it would be hard to find someone, you know, that high up in a position of power who hasn't done that at least once, unfortunately, you know, because they morally they don't have the same sort of compass as a lot of ordinary people like us do. Yeah, it, it's one of those those has everything and uh and, and just does things. I, I think a lot of it is that he could do he could make as many mistakes as he wants and still be successful, powerful, and rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh I don't think he's going back into court until and, December. Did I hear that right? Which will sort of be Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, that that's that's another thing about this is that that I've talked about this this is the third week now that I'm talking about it. I won't talk about this next week. Um, <laughs> I, even if if stuff happens, I'm not going to talk about it. I, oh, well, I'm just time, ignoring man. it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like he's he, it, it's one of those things that gets to dominate the the headlines for as much time, and and no one's changed. No one's grown from this. No, uh, you know. The same people that have TDS and that, that think that he's the devil incarnate are still freaking out about him and, and still think that, oh, we finally got him and yeah, all yeah. the other nonsense going through their heads. And then all the people that defend him are, think that, you know, he couldn't do anything wrong and that, you know, some of them have even compared him to Jesus, which is blasphemous. And that's that's not anything that, that I think is... Uh, is something that needs to be tolerated. Now, um, he he's just that kind of polarizing character, and you know, hey, if the agenda is division, well, there you go, we got it. Got the best guy. Yeah, I, I I think that you, what you said earlier could well be the reason why he was he was pushed forward or allowed to be pushed forward. You know, because he was so divisive and. It gets people to take their kind of take their eye off the ball, doesn't it? They're, they're more worried about Trump than all the about all the other things that are going. On. One of my UK friends sent me a, a meme about it was like a prison tower 
with Trump Tower written on it. So he's he's one of these TDS people who just thinks, ah, oh, yeah, he's going to go to jail. It's great. We've got him at last. So there's no talking to a lot of my former friends, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, as I guess as long as as everyone understands that these people are all playing roles. Uh, before the show started, before we started recording, we were talking about what went wrong with Boris because he seemed good to begin with, and and you decided that that somebody likely got to him, and you know, and with as many deals as Trump has, uh, maybe do you think he could buy his way out of getting got to? I don't think so. Yeah, well, there, there's a thought abroad that he may not be as rich as he makes out, isn't he? That's the Monica Perez again says quite a lot that she doesn't really think he's that he's got that much money. Right, his character is to play that he has all this money, uh, right. and yeah, uh, he maybe doesn't have that much money, but he's got a lot more than we do. So. And, um, and Bluffing like that gets you a long way, doesn't it? That's like the plot of the million pound banknote, you know, where um, you know they've they, they've got this they've got this thing that's supposedly worth a million dollars. They can't spend it anywhere because everyone's saying, "Oh, come in, you know, have all this free stuff," you know. And <laughs> so maybe that's what he does all the time. Yeah, he just he just brings in a, a boatload of McDonald's cheeseburgers and and diet coke <laughs> yes. for his friends. Yeah, it's like okay. Enjoy all this food that I brought you. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, if he's anything like some of the bosses I've had, they never carry around cash. So you'll be just going to an underling and going, "Oh, could you could you pay for these? You know, Craig or whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just send me the receipts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I I have one of those kind of jobs where I send in receipts at the end of the week. So. Um, because I, I'm not like a, I'm not a regular trucker. I go truck to truck and bring trucks back to terminals. So, okay. um, so yeah, I send my flight receipts and et cetera, all the other fun stuff. Nice. So you are you self-employed or, or? No, no. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's something to build to in this industry, but I. I don't see the industry living the same way. So, you know, yeah, I could go and in, invest and, and find myself my own truck. And then, and then the industry completely changes because it, it it's, I, it's hard for these guys that, that run the corporations. They don't know what the, uh, what these guys are going to try to push at them later. Yeah. They're probably going to try to push some stupid battery thing at them at some point, And it, it's not going to work and a lot of us are going to suffer for that if they do that too yeah but i was gonna I, I wanted to ask you actually you know when we were watching the truckers protests in canada do you think truckers are more kind of independently thinking minded you know they're more likely to sort of see things in in the way that we we might see things uh yes and no there's there's a lot of them that are that are completely blue pilled. They're wearing their mask to walk between their truck and the truck stop. Uh, still to this day, I I give them a look every single yeah. time, and and say things that I'm not allowed to say uh, <laughs> under my breath whenever I see those people around. Um, so, but they're they're not, you know, they're not that many, um, and. Yeah, I think a lot of truckers listen to podcasts too, and so and that that's how your show started. That's how my show started. Is you know we're we're people that appreciate a lot of shows, and it's not it's not that we think we could do better. It's that we love the craft so much. It's like okay, cool. I want to get in on this and do something myself too. You know, it, I I can name you like off the top of my head hundreds of shows that I think are way better than than mine but i'm just glad to be part of it and doing something cool yeah I, I think um our motivation was partly that you know there's a lot of bad things going on in the world and we want to sort of tell people about it so uh certainly when covid that that really lit a fire uh, in me when covid started because i just thought this is just such such non-scientific crap and you know it's clearly a plan just to control us all 
So I, uh, my wife's also a scientist, so you know we were sort of uniquely placed with our, our skills to sort of analyze the crap out of what was happening, and we could see that there was nothing really much unusual going on. Yeah, I uh, I, I saw this clip. You probably saw it. it. It's old, but it recently surfaced. It was Fauci going around into the ghetto and uh and talking to people and telling them to get their shots and uh and then whenever he uh whenever he was talking about the flu the guy said ah it's, it'll be just like the flu and Fauci was like oh the the flu was really low last year it's like yeah yeah <laughs> I wonder why <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so quite enjoyed that the, the guy sort of took him to task really didn't he he said you know it's all about fear and uh, I enjoyed that yeah, he he did well without making it escalate. He didn't escalate it or anything. He just said what needed to be said. I think I think he did a good job, and yeah. uh, and he didn't act like he knew more than than Fauci did, or even the lady that was standing next to Fauci and and one of his, you know, his just people that were there to to promote him and thinks that everything that he said is is solid just because he wears glasses, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They won't really, they don't really want to debate, do they? I mean, that's what you'll find with these people. They won't debate with someone from the other side, you know, on scientific issues because they, they can't really, they've got nothing to stand on. So they just use sort of tropes and, and sayings, you know, safe and effective, you know, we're all in this together, three weeks to flatten the curve or what it was. It's, it's, but yeah, um, uh, one good thing I'll take from it is uh, I like to quote David Icke, who, you know, I agree with everything he says, but he comes up with some good stuff. And he said at the start of this, he said, the one good thing about this is that, you know, these people normally operate in the dark, the people that run the world. And now they've walked out in the light and you could see exactly, you know, if you, if you get a look, you can see exactly what they're up to. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I love David. I, uh, and, and yeah, I'm not a hundred percent, but man, what it, I, I love how concise he can be about, about certain things. He's, yeah. uh, I mean, he, he was good at it before he, he really started, but he's definitely, he's, he's way up there. Um, as far as, as guys in this, this movement. Yeah, he was very early to the game, wasn't he? Like, um, a bit like Alex Jones was on your side of the pond. So, uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, I think they were kind of simultaneous, or at least that I was getting into both of them early in the 2000s because of 9-11. And yeah, um, yeah. there was a time where I I got overwhelmed with all of this stuff and just decided that, that I'm not going to pay attention. And then they hit us with this. So, all <laughs> oh, right, that's interesting. Was nine eleven your sort of uh, your wake up call? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it was a couple of years after nine eleven. I I wasn't I wasn't immediate. I I was there. Well, I was on the front lines of the media on that day. I worked at a radio station. Oh, wow. and uh, and I I was suspicious about building seven for instance I, I asked one of the anchors what why it fell and and told him that it didn't make sense you know a lot of stuff doesn't make sense today so it never really sat well with me and then the war coming along shortly after that the entire propaganda machine working for that uh that really bothered me because i was big against the war especially knowing that knowing that none of that stuff added up they did some some crazy equation that said that we had to uh, attack Iraq and Afghanistan, um, yeah. and all the uh, all the terrorists supposedly uh, were uh, Saudi Arabian, and they even yeah, said well, they, uh, mostly from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so, I think um, like you, I was a bit late to the game on nine eleven, but uh, I, my story was a bit similar to James Corley. Actually, he says he used to see all these videos popping up on YouTube, and he, you know, he sort of like loose change. And yeah, eventually you get curious about it. You watch it and you think, wow, I didn't know any, a lot of this stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of air there. I didn't know about Building 7 at all initially. Uh, but um, I think, as you were implying, it's uh, 
it's quite disturbing. When I, when I came to realise, you know, there was an inside job, I found it really, really disturbing. And I, you know, I probably didn't sleep for like weeks after. This is why I always think it's crazy when, you know, there are people who did, like to dismiss us as conspiracy theorists because they say, oh, it's, you know, it's satisfying to come up with that sort of explanation for what's going on in the world. I didn't find it satisfying at all. I found it, you know, horrific to think that there were all these elites trying to kill us all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, waking up to that, I, I think that always knowing that, uh, the, the time that I decided to purposefully ignore the news and, and stay out of it and kind of, uh, and just decide, oh, well, yeah, it's all bad. And that, that's, that's how I, I looked at it. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, of course they're going to do that. They're, they're bad guys. Um, but knowing that having that as the, uh, the foundation is that, yeah, they will definitely take out many of their own people in order to accomplish something. And that's why whenever, whenever the virus came around, I was not surprised at all about that. It's just, you know, of course they're going to run the death toll and they're going to promote these ideas of, of the, the reaper trucks being in front of hospitals because they're overwhelmed and you know uh and i having to explain that to so many people that the that what was going on with that and how that they were creating their own problems all the problems that they were causing with this stuff was the reason why something wasn't happening it was like oh well the the corners can't take in as many bodies at a, at a moment because they all have to apply to these COVID guidelines and all the guidelines yeah. basically set up everything. So, so this was well planned. This was super Very well planned, planned by yeah. the, the powers that should be. Yeah, you got to take your hat off to them to a certain extent. You know, it, it was because they they fooled most people. But um, listen, we've got a few minutes uh, left on the recording time. Maybe we, I don't know if we should maybe wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, tell everybody about Union of the Unknowns. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're, we're a group of uh, Propaganda Report fans who got together and made our own podcast, Union of the Unknowns. Uh, so uh, I think the best place you can find us is the link free link at unionoftheunknowns.com. And then that will take you to nice places like our Rockfin channel, our Twitter, and uh, our email, and uh, lots of other good stuff. Yeah, so this sort of started out of uh, out of uh, the other show, Union of the Unwanted, which is uh, Charlie and Sam and and Monica. And yeah, we so, the idea was the the name uh, was a sort of tribute to that, and we use the same sort of format where we have a group of people, sort of uh, different cast every week, depending on availability, where we just talk about. We have a new show once a week, and we have a, a sort of topic show once a week as well. Yeah, I just heard y'all talking to uh, Legal Man, and he's one of my favorites. So that was that was really great. He's very knowledgeable, but I I, I did find him a bit depressing now. <laughs> so, but um, a lot of people say That's he's realistic. He he makes me laugh the whole time. He, he's so quite funny. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, I liked it when uh, Monica was on his show, and she said uh, she said, you know, what should I do with my, about my kids? And he said, oh, don't worry, they're probably not going to make it. So don't worry. <laughs> well yeah he's <laughs> i'm really looking forward to his movie as well uh do you want to give us your stuff uh and and though before we uh, sign off oh yeah i do two shows burn babylon burn which you're listening to and uh the doom kitchen doom kitchens interviews and subjects and and whatnot and burn babylon burn is uh the news headlines uh you can find it libertylinks.io slash the doom kitchen. And it's very entertaining indeed. It's very good. So uh, I think we've got less than a minute now. So uh, perhaps better say goodbye. It's been really good talking to you. So glad we managed to meet, catch up in the end with all our technical issues. <laughs> yeah, getting from uh, the desert of California to the Canary Islands is, uh, has been intense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, then. Well, take care out there on the road and uh, we'll catch up again soon, hopefully.